today's podcast, we're going to discuss the top five tips for relationship building. Now, I thought this was incredibly important to go through as we're in this transition phase where we went from don't come within six feet of me to go back to living your normal life without a mask. So I thought these five tips for relationship building were going to be extremely helpful. Stay tuned and thanks for listening. Welcome to Everything is About Your Health, the podcast. I'm your host, Nichelle Thompson, manual osteopath, acute and chronic pain specialist and owner of Heat Therapy, holistically elite alignment therapy. I'm interested in all things health and this podcast will speak about all the realms of well-being, the physical, intellectual, emotional, social, spiritual, vocational, financial, and environmental to help you live a healthier life one simple tip at a time. Help me help you live better. There was an interesting study that was conducted over the course of thousands of people's life. What the scientists were doing in this research is they were following the lives of people to predict or to gather factors that predicted longevity. They looked at everything um, in terms of their health. So what they ate, drinking, drugs, or exercise regimen, social circles, relationships, all of it. And what they found in the end is the people who had the biggest social circles and the most supportive social circles, that was the biggest predictor of longevity. Very interesting. Now, another very interesting note is the studies that they did on rats even. And they showed that, and these are two separate studies, completely separate studies, which I find very cool from a scientific standpoint. I'll get into that later. So study number one, they took baby rats away from their parents when they were very young. And what they found was these rats had a noticeable difference in how they could handle stress compared to rats who were not taken from their parents when they were young. So essentially this is saying early childhood traumas or unfortunate experiences can definitely impact how an adult can handle stress in their adult years. Interesting study number two about rats is when they got more grooming and licking and love from their parents, they were very resilient. And the reason why I find this so intriguing and important is because these are two separate studies not conducted by the same scientists, meaning these scientists were not projecting onto the rats what they thought may have been the results. Because as we know, sometimes as researchers or even observers, we can actually influence the results. And here's the example of that. And this is what I mean by that of why this is actually so important. There was another study again I read a lot of studies guys um but I I think it's really really cool because sometimes these are things that we just maybe innately know or maybe would predict but wouldn't actually see the scientific research behind it and it actually validates what your initial hypothesis is that's pretty neat so this particular study did IQ a bunch of IQ tests on a class and they told the teacher wow these particular five students tested over 140 for their IQ. That's, they're, they're gifted. They're geniuses. And they said, we're going to come back in a year and do another form of testing. And we're going to see 
if again these five students test the highest well what happened was they came back again a year later and yes in fact these five students tested with the highest scores but that wasn't the true study in fact those five students that the researchers picked out didn't actually test with over 140 IQ and they didn't test with genius ability. In fact, they were very normal. But what they were testing was to see if it was the teacher's projection and expectations that she had of these five students that, were, that she held them with such high regard that then enabled them and basically was that fulfill, self-fulfilling prophecy that then actually made them test the highest out of everybody in the class. Very interesting. So that's why I'm just saying is sometimes as researchers, you can, and that's why it's important to have like a double blind study so that nobody knows what's going on so that the researchers essentially can't project onto the subjects or the rats or whatever they're studying. They can't project their hypothesis or their whatever their hypothesis onto them. Okay, Michelle, focus. So we are going to go over today the five tips of relationship building. The reason I'm doing that is because we have all been through a lot in the past couple years and we've essentially been told to isolate and although we are very, very social creatures, we're kind of in that awkward stage of we don't know how to get back into relationships, some of us. We don't know if it's too much too soon, too little, too fast. Like, it, There's a lot of questions and potentially a lot of hesitancies going on with everybody. And if I'm being honest, where I'm getting this from is from the book called The Lost Art of Thinking. I was reading this through and all of a sudden something dawned on me to say, hey, Nichelle, just flip to a random page, whatever page you land on, make a podcast about it. And I landed on the page that went um, or that was entitled Five Tips for Relationship Building. I'm like, you know what? Somebody here obviously needs to hear it. Let's do this. Let's go over the five tips. So tip number one is get involved. Tip number two is be the type of friend you want to be. Tip number three is never own anybody. Tip number four is adhere to the truth. And tip number five is improve your mental performance. So first, let's even back up further into what relationships do to our brain in general. So there was another study that they did at Rush University, and this was actually the Society of Alzheimer's um, uh, Committee. And they took... um, So let me just go back to it because I want to give you guys the good information. Okay, so this research was conducted by Rush University Medical Center in Chicago. And what they were doing is they was they were actually studying elderly people that had tangles, tanglements and plaques within their brain that have been found to be associated with Alzheimer's disease. And the interesting part is um, the scientists who examined the 89 deceased elderly individuals and their brains, they believed that it was the social surrounding in their social circles that basically protected their brains and acted as a protective reservoir 
that inhibited them from showing clinical signs of Alzheimer's and dementia. That's very interesting. And again, that goes to that first initial study that I was talking to you about, how strong social circles are predictors of longevity. So even though um, objectively these elderly people were showing signs or should have been showing signs of Alzheimer's and dementia because their strong social circles and they had a, a large social circle, they were not presenting with the clinical signs. Very interesting. So now back to the five tips. The first one, as I mentioned, is to get involved. So what does that mean? Well, if you don't have family close to where you are, or you don't have close friends and say it's because you just moved or you worked overseas for many, many years and um, because of the work that you did overseas and now being back, you never really developed those types of relationships and or because of COVID, you haven't seen anybody for two years and heaven forbid, maybe some of your friends have passed away and now you have to sort of figure things out on your own and may or maybe your family is really really busy and doesn't have time to spend every day with you these tips here might be very helpful so if you feel like you have no sense of belonging perhaps you should try getting involved in certain community events or church projects for example that are consistent with your personal goals so it's likely that you'll develop close relationship in this process because there's a sense of common purpose and soon you will feel like you belong. So this in turn will help to reduce your stress level and assist you in reaching your goal and improve your brain function and optimal mental health, very much like we saw in that study that I just spoke to you earlier about. Tip number two is be the type of friend you want to be. And this is something we've been told since we were little. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. So I think this sort of follows suit. But... If you have given thought to actually choosing your friends, you would probably realize that you would prefer mentally healthy friends, right? Instead of dragging you down, stable friends can actually lift you up. You can increase your um, circle of friends by being the type of person that other people would want to be around. So I'm going to say that again. You can increase your circle of friends simply by being the type of person you would want to be around. While we all have those moments of self-searching and doubt, people don't like to be around a downer all the time. Cultivate a great attitude, a cheerful disposition, and others will enjoy being wherever you are. Mentally healthy people actually prefer friends who are stronger and more independent. Friends who spend all their time filing the inappropriate demands of needy friends will get tired. People who require constant attention are obsessed with themselves or spend an inordinate amount of time trying to get their own needs met, making them very poor friends, right? Essentially a one-sided relationship. They are too busy focusing on themselves to reach out to anybody else. So just think, like if you needed somebody in your life be that person so if you're having a hard time understanding what you need to do and I'm not saying don't be yourself what I'm saying is just be the best version of you be the person you would want to hang around with so this does not mean you have to cut people off either especially if 
you, the friends that you do have maybe are a little bit more downers or a little bit more one-sided. It just means that you may need to um, tighten your social circle and instead of cutting them off completely, you know, you spend time with them, but you don't make them a part of your close, close circle of friends because in order to be balanced you want to make sure that you're not being dragged down yourself right you want to be able to support somebody who needs it but if somebody's drowning guys it's very important to note that if someone's drowning you are not obligated to drown with them in fact as a lifeguard the first thing they teach you and basically say is when someone else is drowning your safety and your own um, life comes first. If that person is drowning and isn't going to listen to what you have to say, if you go and try to help them, they'll drown you out of panic without even really realizing. And that's what I'm saying, guys. Sometimes people are in such a rough state. And if you're trying to communicate and you're giving all the advice and they're not taking it, stop talking distance yourself you are not obligated to drown with them so the most enjoyable relationships we can have are the close friendships by investing in close friendships or your friendship accounts you can build relationships that truly will last a lifetime tip number three is never own anybody some people whether married or simply close friends get the idea that they own each other This is especially true in relationships where one of the parties feels unfulfilled. People who are not getting what they want out of a relationship often try to manipulate a partner by claiming some level of ownership. This tactic rarely works for long though. People don't like to be owned. In addition, making demands doesn't exactly endear us to others. Good relationships are a voluntary thing. Some people or sorry, if someone does not willingly give his or her heart to another person, then all the threats in the world will not make a relationship work. Determine what is really causing the strain in the relationship and address the problem directly before you are tempted to feel jealous or feel the need to take ownership. True friends or lovers do not have to be possessive. And you know, And this is just my thoughts because I like to read things and then give you guys my thoughts because I invite you to not take everything so literal, right? Because sometimes we do need to take things with a grain of salt. And just because it's in a book written by a medical doctor, it does not mean it's it's by the book. Bible. I don't even want to say that like written in stone. Like you guys kind of, I hope you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. What I'm just trying to say is just because something is written there, it's always good still to question things and, and, and ask yourself, does this align with what I believe in? Does this align with my truths and my beliefs and my values? Because the thing is, People who value themselves very highly or have high expectations of themselves or have a lot of confidence, they know and clearly have defined who they are as a person, their beliefs, their values, their personalities, where they're going in life. They have very clear ideas. And sometimes there are certain things in life that can present as very um, pleasurable and satisfying opportunities, but they're very short-term And they don't align with your long-term values and beliefs and goals. And so even though I'm saying some of these things, 
they may not necessarily apply to you. So just keep that in mind. So what I was kind of saying about um, building off the idea that true friends or lovers do not have to be possessive. Uh, I listen to a lot of um, Zen masters and um, monks, okay? And it's very interesting because one of my most favorite quotes that I've come across so far is the idea of detachment and a lot of people and this is I think what this is referring to a lot of people have a difficult time detaching because they feel well then they don't own anything but really what detachment is is you are not allowing anything to own you that is what detachment is not allowing anything to own you Because if you try to own something that has no business being owned, it just does nothing for your own well-being and in fact can have the reverse effect and make you and turn you potentially into a person you don't want to be. Possessive, obsessive, unfulfilled, neglectful, stuff like that. So something really, really important to keep in mind. Detachment is not not owning something. It's not allowing something to own you. Tip number four is adhere to the truth. Most people would agree honesty and integrity are pivotal to solid relationships. Nothing unbalances a relationship more quickly than dishonesty and lies. If you want to build a friendship, keep your word. And think about it. How many times do we sometimes not keep promises to our own self? And as a result, unfortunately in consequence to this, as a result, this makes us not like ourselves or makes us not love ourselves. And that's a very dark road to go on. So how you improve your self-worth and your self-image and your self-esteem is you follow through with the things you say you're going to do. And how you do that is you just make it so you make a schedule that's most realistic and a schedule you would actually like to have. And of course, you have to be responsible and get things done. But a schedule should not be a bloody jail cell. Dr. Jordan Peterson spoke to this and it was an aha moment for me that I'm hoping I'm passing on to you. You want to create the schedule you want, the point of a schedule so that you can create the life you want. You don't jam it with as many things as unhumanly possible. You create the schedule you want. So with doing that, you basically create and accomplish the little goals that you wanted to throughout the day. And by accomplishing those little goals over and over and over again, you start to develop confidence and reliability on yourself, which causes you to like yourself more, which causes you to love yourself more. So now, translate this into the friendship world. If you didn't do the things you said you were going to do for your friends, do you think they're going to like you? Do you think they're going to trust you? And trust is one of those things in life that once it's lost, you can't get back. It's very difficult to get back if you have lost it anyways. But it is one of those things that generally speaking, you cannot get back. Trust is a huge, 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 huge thing. Tip number five is improve your mental performance. Most often than not, 
peak mental performance programs improve relationships. Many of my patients who came to me for depression have marital uh, marital problems and after they began the path to peak of mental performance, their marriage all of a sudden suddenly improved. So all those tips that I just shared, it's very possible that when you start to work on yourself and improve your mental performance and work so that you can tell yourself you love yourself, that internal reality is projected onto your external reality. Because the rule is, guys, and this is very interesting, the rule is you do not see the world the way it is. You see the world the way you are. So if you want to be that happy, go-lucky person, you want to be that the friend that people want to be around that's cheerful and supportive and honest and lovable, then you have to be those things to yourself. If you want something from someone, if you want compliments, if you want love, if you want attention, you have to give that to yourself first. Again, your internal reality projects onto your external reality. How you see the world is a projection of how you are internally. So just some food for thought, guys. I hope this inspired some of you to go out there and get back into the social circles, especially if you have been having a hard time. I would love if you guys can share your own thoughts and start a discussion about this. Because I think if you have some questions or you have some suggestions, they would just be very, very helpful, especially during this period of transition. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it to be educational and know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Everything is About Your Health, the podcast.